It's good to see you, Jake. Thanks for helping. It's always great to see these young guys step up, and uh, so thankful for Jake and his leadership. Well, you know, Happy New Year to all of you. You already were saying that a little bit ago, and I thought it'd be interesting to see what the most important events that were talked about in the year 2015. Here they are. They're so encouraging. The presidential election. Aren't you thrilled about our candidates? Um, Two, the attack in Paris. Three, the Syrian refugee crisis. Four, the Nepal earthquake. Five, the Greek debt crisis. Uh, The fight against ISIS. Uh, Marriage equality. Uh, The Baltimore protest of police brutality and the Charleston shooting and the Confederate flag debate. Wasn't it a great year in 2015? Can't you just celebrate? All those wonderful things that happened during the year. Aren't you glad that God's still on the throne, though? You know, for me, 2015 has been an interesting year myself. Um, It's been (laughs) one comedy of errors after another. I started getting kicked by my horse, if you remember, and then I had a broken nose. And then I had uh, kidney stone surgery. And then after kidney stone surgery, I uh, had broken ribs. And then after my broken ribs, now I have vertigo. So if I fall over on the stage, you know what happened to me this morning. But it's also been a significant year for my wife and I because it's the first time uh, that I've actually uh, approached retirement. We left the job that I had full-time consulting and working with pastors, and, and now I'm going to be part-time here with the church, at least for a season. And I'm thankful to be here at Cornerstone, looking forward to the year ahead. I don't know what your 2015 looked like, but it's interesting. When we think about 2015, we're always thinking about the past. And so I thought this morning it might be interesting to call this message 2020 Hindsight. You know, um, there's interesting, I guess, rules or truths about the past that I'd like to share with you before I move into the passage that we're going to look at this morning. But the first thing is that we can never relive the past. Um, you know, sometimes we try to, you know, I, sometimes we kind of do it vicariously through our kids, you know, on the football field or soccer field or whatever. We, we, you know, live through our grandkids somehow as they continue to grow, but you can't relive the past. Some of us would probably like to, we can never change the past. I mean, no matter what happens, we can't change what happened in the past. It would be nice to have all of us uh, participate in a back to the future type of thing. And we could go back and redo some things in our lives where we could maybe have done things differently. You know, all those woulda, shoulda, couldas kind of deals. But, you know, we can't. We can't go back. We can't change the past. And thirdly, we can't live in the past. Because circumstances change. Traditions change. Relationships change. Life is always changing. So if we always want to live in the past, we're never going to be caught up on what's going on in our lives today or in the future. There's a fourth thought that I had, and that is we need to learn from the past. It's so sad when things happen to us in life or when circumstances happen that we don't learn from those things. That's what's really tragic because all of us have past experiences that were designed for us to grow and to to be nurtured and to, to be mature and to be wiser and stronger and better. So if we don't learn from the past, we're really in trouble. Fifth, we need to realize that our past has helped shape who we are today. Whether we like it or not, the things that we grew up with, the traditions, the the family upbringing, the life experiences, all those things have kind of shaped who we are today. And yet, we don't want those necessarily to completely define our future. And so the sixth thing I thought is there are times when we need to forget the past. 
Well, what does that look like? You mean I have to just blot the past out of my memory? No, that's not what we're talking about here. Because when we get into this passage, we're going to see that the word forget means something a little bit different. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians chapter 3. And Paul, in the early part of this chapter, is talking about his past. And he's talking about his past accomplishments. And yet Paul realized that if he was going to ever move forward, he would have to forget about those things. And so he writes about it in verse 12. He says, now that I've, not that I've already attained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which for Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This word forget is an interesting word. I looked it up and it it goes back to a root that says it's holding on to something or a grasp of something. And so the the part part of that word means that I'm tired. I'm not going to hold on to it. In other words, I'm not going to let it hold on to me. It's not going to be in my grasp. It's not going to define my future. So what Paul is trying to say to us this morning, he says, look, there are certain things in life that I can't hang on to, that I've got to move forward. I've got to press on. I've got to keep going. And if I hang on to those too long, I will find myself living there rather than moving forward. And so he says, I want to forget those things that are behind. Now, what does Paul really want to forget here? Well, if you read about some of the things that he writes about, you realize that he needed to forget three things. And perhaps you need to forget those same three things in your life. The first one I write is that he needed to forget his confidence in the flesh. He needed to forget his confidence in the flesh. What do I mean by that? He writes about it in verse 4. He says, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh or in his own ego or his own accomplishments, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisees, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalism, righteousness, and faultless. So Paul had some bragging rights in his past. He had a lot of accomplishments. He was a Jew of Jews. He was circumcised in the eighth day. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee, so he was a religious leader. He had a lot of accomplishments in his past. But what he says later is that he says, you know what? I count all that rubbish. Because if that was done beat virtue of my own ego and my own pride, it was worthless. It was a waste. And so he says, I want to forget those things in my past where I made all of those accomplishments in my own flesh, in my own ego, in my own pride. Do you have anything you need to forget, perhaps, that you've been kind of feeling pretty good about yourself? You know, you know you've accomplished all this stuff and you've had all the success and you've got this accomplishments academically and you've done well business-wise and you've got all those things and you look back and you feel pretty good about yourself. You know, that's, I, was, I did really well. Was that done in the flesh or was that done because God allowed you and equipped you and motivated you and caused that success to happen in your life? And so Paul looks back at those times in his life and he says, man, those are all ego driven. Those are all prideful. And I need to forget about that stuff because that was all rubbish now in comparison to knowing Jesus in comparison to having this relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's something that we need to think about forgetting because sometimes we hold on to those things and we're still trying to define our future because of past accomplishments when people don't even give a rip anymore. 
The second thing that Paul wants to forget is you see there that he wants to forget his past failures. Paul talked about it. He says persecuting the church was one of his past failures. He looks back in his life and he had blood on his hands. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, it says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. He said, I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, and I was a violent man. How many of you have that in your resume? That you are a blasphemer, that you are a persecutor, that you are a violent man. How many of you can sit here this morning and say, I murdered a bunch of people in my journey? You see, Paul had a lot to forget. And sometimes we have failures in our lives that we look back in our life. We wish we could change. We wish we could do it differently. But in reality, we can't do that. And sometimes we need to forget those things. Paul said, I need to forget about those failures. I realized that I was wrong back then. And you know what Satan loves to do is he loves to bring those failures up in our life. Have you noticed that? And he just kind of keeps, keeps kicking you down and you feel so victimized. You feel like you can never get any victory over some things in your life because you look back in your life and you realize, man, I stunk it up back then. Man, I did some stupid things. Man, I was a failure. Man, and, and so all of a sudden you begin to allow that to affect your future and your, and your day-to-day life and because they keep haunting you. They hold you captive and in bondage. And Paul says, I'm not going to be held into that bondage anymore. I got to forget that stuff as hard as it is. And man, some of us have made some boneheaded stuff in our our, our past. We've, We've done some really stupid things. But Paul says, I'm going to forget that. I'm not going to let those define me anymore. I'm not going to let those things hang on to me anymore. I got to push. I got to move forward. How many of you are paralyzed with your past failures and you haven't been able to let them go? And one of the issues is, is you haven't been able to forgive yourself. And so you continue to operate in that victim mode. So what past failures are still allowing to dictate in your future? Here's the third thing that Paul said he needed to forget. I call them past wounds. When you read about Paul's life, you realize that he had a lot to be bitter over. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he writes this. He says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from bandits, in danger from rivers, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles and from false brothers. That's quite a a list. And yet I don't see a bitter Paul. Why? Because he could forget and forgive the things that were behind those things that happened to him, those, those wounds, those things that have happened. And how many of us in this room today are still carrying wounds from the past that are still dictating our attitudes and our, our objectives for the future? Those, those hurts, those things that have been done to you that were so horrible and so hurtful, those, those things that have maybe you're suffering from PTSD or whatever it might be, all those things are wrapped up in those past wounds that happened in your life that were so hard and so difficult. It's so hard for you to let them go, and it's still defining your future. And Paul says, i got to forget that stuff. If I don't forget that stuff and I don't forgive those things, I'm going to be a bitter, angry old man. 
And I'm going to die with an angry, depressive, negative attitude and spirit. I can't allow that to happen. And so he says, I forget those wounds. I forget that stuff behind. I got to let it go. How many of us need to let those things go? And then we have these unresolved wounds in our lives that are still dictating our future. We Somehow, we've got to get free of that. We've got to let it go. Satan would love to keep us back there in that angry, bitter state of unforgiveness when God wants to free us from that stuff. So those are the three things. So I look at this and I said, how do we manage to forget the past then? You know, when you think about, you know, forgetfulness, I mean, people, um, I was talking to somebody with PTSD not too long ago, and I was just saying that, you know, you're never going to forget those things, literally, because your mind is an amazing thing. It's like a computer, and it's always going to be in your hard drive. So when we talk about forgetness, forgetfulness, we're talking about an intentional act of not allowing that to continue to dictate our future. So there's this, this idea. And so Paul says, the way he's dealing with it, he says, I press on toward the goal. I press forward. And in verse um, 16, he says, only let us live up to what we've already attained. Let me read the whole thing. Verse 15. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And at some point you think differently. That too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. He says, I'm going to strain. I'm going to press forward. So there's this intentional idea that I have got to go forward, recognizing one thing, that I've already attained something. What has he attained? He's saying what he's attained is, is the righteousness of Jesus Christ in his life. If any man be in Christ, what? He's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Paul recognized that no matter what his past looked like, God had taken care of it through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what he did. And he said, I've already got it. So I, I, I understand my position in Christ. And so if I get that, then I won't allow those things in the past to dictate my future. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to press forward in this relationship with Jesus. And if I can press forward with that, these things aren't going to continue to haunt me. So he says, I'm going to push, I'm going to strain, I'm going to make a self-disciplined, intentional effort to not allow that to happen in my life, to where that past will dictate my life. So he said, I need to recognize, number one, that I've already attained it, and now I need to maintain it. Does that make sense? I've already attained it in Christ, now I just need to maintain that relationship because that's where I'm going to find solidarity. That's where I'm going to find the rock. That's where I'm going to find peace in my life. So that's what Paul says. And he said, if you're mature, in verse 15, then you should take the same view. So those of us who are still struggling with those past things, if we don't realize we got to take the same view that Paul is, then we're not really facing the future in a mature way. Verses 8 and 9, Paul writes this. He said, what is more, I consider everything a loss comparing to the surpassing what? greatness of knowing Christ. You see, Paul said, there's one thing that's all I'm concerned about is to know Jesus and to know his love better every day. That's my goal. That's where I'm at. And if I allow these other things to dictate my life, I'm going to be in trouble. So I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do everything I can and count all that stuff in the past as rubbish in compared to knowing Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. So Paul said, look, 
The only thing that matters to me is that I gain Christ. That's all I'm looking for. And I, I know that I have my righteousness only in Christ. And so I'm going to keep pursuing Christ the rest of my life. And I'm not going to allow all this stuff in the past to dictate my future. And that's what he means by forgetting what's behind. So I have some questions that I want to ask you this morning. You say, wow, that was fast. But I think it's really important that you wrestle with us this morning. First of all, are you going to give God the glory for your past accomplishments or yourself? Are you still relishing in those accomplishments? And, and so you're satisfied with all of that and you feel like, man, I'm done. I've got nothing to prove. I've done it all. I'm, I'm great. You know, I've, I've, I've managed to do this. I've been successful here in business. I've been able to do things well academically. I've been able to do. And, and so you're kind of carrying your ego forward. Or do you realize that it's only God who is the one that's given you the abilities to handle all of those things? Who, who's getting the credit here? Who's getting the credit for any of your past accomplishments? Here's the second question. Do we really understand that when we come to Christ, all things have passed away? All things have passed away. My failures, my wounds, all those things are under the blood of Jesus. And what? And all things become new, different. We don't often get that a glorious picture of what it means to be a new creation in Christ. Do we? I don't know if we get that. That when Jesus came into our life, all of our sins, all of the past is washed away. It's under the blood of Christ. It's no longer held to our account and we can start fresh. Yeah, amen. Let me ask you this. Who do you need to forgive in your past? Those wounds some of you had horrible things done to you in your past. Whether it was a family member, abuse, I don't know what it is. But things that happened in your past need to be forgiven. If we don't forgive, we're being held captive to our own unforgiveness, right? We're not, we're not releasing them when we forgive them. We're releasing ourselves. Because when we hold on to those, those wounds, those hurts, and those things that happened to us in our past, gosh, they, they just overwhelm us with a root of bitterness and anger and depression and negativity. And it just it continues to haunt us. And, and what happens is when we don't forgive, we continue to be a victim. So we need to learn how to forgive. And we know that we're told to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. How did he forgive us? Unconditionally. Father, forgive them what? For they don't know what they're doing. He offered that forgiveness before we even asked for it. Praise God that we have a God that forgave us. And for some of you yet today, you can't even forgive yourself because a lot of your past failures are still biting you in the behind. And because they're still biting you, you're still not able to forgive yourself. And Jesus said, wait a minute, when you gave your life to Christ, I, I erased that. Why don't you erase that? Why don't you get that off your slate? Here's the fourth thought. Can you thank God looking back in 2015 and realize that he was still in control? 
You know, that's what I mean by 2020 hindsight. We look to the future and we look at what's going on in our world today and we just think, golly, what a chaotic mess we're in. All those things that I read earlier, just when we think about the mass shootings and ISIS and all those things, and yet we look back in our own lives another year, do we realize that God's still on the throne? He's still got it wired. You know, and, and, and sometimes we fail to look back and say, you know, that timing of that incident, wow, that was, that was God, that was a God thing. I mean, and, and, and I know in my own life, as I look back, it's really fun to see how God orchestrated all these events. You remember last week when I said, you know, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength? You know, have you ever noticed that when you wait on people, you never know what's going to happen when? But if you're waiting on the Lord and you realize that he's still got it wired and he has this amazing timetable that we don't get, it's so much easier to wait on the Lord and so much easier to look back and say, man, God, you had it all wired. I mean, if I would have done that, but God, you intervened here and you did that and you did this. Sometimes I don't think we give God enough credit. He does have it okay. He does have it pretty wired. Don't you think sometimes? Well, look, this morning, I want to give you an opportunity that I haven't given you for a few months. And that is this. This morning, this is 2016. I don't know what God has in store for you in 2016. I don't know what he has in store for me. But I do know this. I want to be like Paul. I want to forget the things that are behind. And I want to get to know Jesus more and more this year. That's my goal. That's my desire. I want to I want to know him and love him more because when I do that, a lot of these things in the past that come back and bite us, they just don't mean as much because it's all about him. It's all about Jesus and his love for me. And so this morning, I want to challenge you to think about this for a moment. And I'm going to ask you if you feel like this morning is some somewhere in your heart and life, God is just saying to you, you know what, there's something I need to forget here. You know, I, I, I've been hanging on to my own ego and my own past accomplishments long enough. It's time for me to surrender that and say, God, what do you have for me tomorrow? What's going what's gonna to define me tomorrow? What, what are those things that I can do to really be successful in your kingdom? And what do you want me to do? And then secondly, maybe there's some of you this morning that have a bunch of past failures that still are biting you. It's just still driving you crazy and you're you're still being victimized by it. And this morning you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to come forward here. I'm going to kneel before you and I'm going to say, God, I want to forget that stuff. I want to let it go. I want to let it go. And if you need to forgive yourself, or you need to whatever, then do that. But if then there's some of you that maybe you've had some deep wounds that have been so hurtful in your life. Wouldn't it be great to start 2016 getting that out of the way and saying, you know what, God, I, 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 I hurt deeply, but I know you were wounded for my transgressions and you forgave me. I need to forgive this person. God, I, I, I just choose to do it. I willfully do it. Sometimes days I don't feel like it, but I realize that I need to forgive them because I need to let it go. I need to find victory over this. I need to have it stop defining who, me, who I am. I, stop, I want to stop being a victim of this person's abuse or whatever it was. And so this morning, I'm going to give you that chance. There were quite a few folks that came forward this, this morning in the first hour and, and released a lot of things that are going on in their lives. And what a place to do it than what? First Sunday in 2016. Amen? Let's pray.
Father, I, I thank you for a guy like Paul who could look back in his life and feel so many things. All the wounds and all of the, the enormous failure and all of the successes. And yet he says, all that stuff is rubbish in comparing to knowing you. God, what an attitude. God, I want that attitude in my life. I pray for everybody in this room that it would be the attitude of their life. And so this morning, Father, if there's somebody here that just needs to start forgetting some things that are behind, not allowing those things to continually define their futures, I pray that this morning they would lay it on the altar before you and that they could start 2016 straining and pressing towards knowing you more than ever before. For that person that's never met you, Lord, that doesn't really know what it means to have that new life, that, God, I pray this morning, if that's their heart's desire, Lord, help them to realize that they can too be a new creation in Christ. And all things have passed away and they can start life anew, no matter where they are in life. God, you have designed that for each one of us. And I pray that today might be that day for that person. Lord, I love you so much, and I pray that this year that I would be the kind of example to my wife, to my family, to this church of a man who presses on and forgets the things that are behind. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As Jake sings this last song, I would encourage you, if you want to just do that this morning, you just want to come up here and kneel with me, come on up here and kneel with me. And if you've got some things that God has spoken to you about, don't leave here. Walk out of here pressing towards the high mark of the calling of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.